0: Thank <laughs> you. Episode, three Drink Minimum Podcast. Today's drink of choice a nice, crisp diet, Dr. Pepper. All right. So, big win. Well, I wouldn't say big win, but I would say much needed win 29 27 over the 49ers. Started off about as poorly as you could imagine, man. Um, Pick six to start us off, punt, then they missed the field goal, then they gave up a touchdown. So out of the gate, 14-0, and I I, pre- I feel like this was exactly how that, that last game, I think it was a Thursday night game where they played the 49ers a few years back, started out 14-0. They came back, but the difference here was, and even with the 49ers having some success, I never really felt like the Chargers were ever really in jeopardy. I never really felt like, wow, they're going to lose this game. Did they give up a bunch of plays? Yeah, sure. Did they make a lot of mistakes? Of course, they are the Chargers, and we will talk about those mistakes. But they did enough to win, man. And if they're playing in January, nobody's going to remember, oh, they barely beat the 49ers. Who cares? They won, and that's what matters. So I guess we can just kind of go down the, the frame of the game and talk about some of the mistakes, some of the, the obvious mistakes, some of the good plays where we can start is I, I feel like where we have to start is the kicking situation. And that was one of the worst performances that I can imagine. Just when they were showing when they were showing um, Sturgis miss in the pregame. Like from there, it should have been all right, we're just going to go for it. Every th- that's sh- that alone should have told you they should have an aggressive mentality. But as you guys saw, man, uh, I don't know if George Stewart just doesn't tell them like it's not honest with them of what he looks like in pregame or what, just because his kicks weren't even really close. But oh well, um, they go for it and they kicked the 54-yarder, I believe it was, after he's missing all those pregame kicks. Sturgis misses two extra points. You can just tell his confidence is completely shot, man. So we will see. I'm pretty sure that he is not going to make it um, past tomorrow. I don't know who they're going to sign. Should have signed Dan Bailey a couple couple weeks ago when he was available. I know that um, I, was, I was pretty surprised that, Oh, boy. Watching the Raiders game live and they just missed a field goal. Goodness gracious, man. That game's going to end in a tie. Anyways, um, so remember a a couple weeks ago and the game didn't – or the kick mattered, but it wasn't like – they probably would have lost the game anyways. When they basically ran on rushing, Sturgis was trying to kick that field goal against the Kansas City Chiefs and he missed it. And a lot of people were – you know, hey, um, there was no time left to excuse him from that. First of all, he's a professional kicker. And second of all, it's not like they don't practice those type of situations. He has to be ready at all times. He has one job. His one job is to kick the ball. That right there, like, just tells you what type of kicker he is under pressure. There is no reason to keep him around because, I mean, if you're just looking ahead or looking into the future – evaluating a person that's going to tell you, okay, this guy's probably not our guy moving forward. Sure enough. They stick with him. He misses more kicks today against any good team. the, The kicks that he missed today was would probably cost them. Luckily, they're not going to face a quote unquote good team, even though they're going to face teams with winning winning records. They don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, Sturgis, he's got to go. He's going to go. I know it's low-hanging fruit to talk about him, but it's tough, man. He, wee um, Other things, okay, I was just writing stuff down or just making jotting down little notes as the game was going along. Um, Austin Eckler didn't get his first touch until three minutes to go in the first half. He didn't – Yeah, I think they got him a carry, and I think he – I'm pretty sure he went for, like, four yards, something like that. Okay, I have it right here. So, his first carry, he went for seven yards, then he went for one yard, and his his third touch was the touchdown, the 22-yarder. I don't know what – I don't know that – I wonder if they think that, oh, because one person's doing good, that means we can't give the ball to the other person and vice versa. But, like, Gordon – Played well, like the, the spin, the fumble. That was atrocious, but like Gordon played very well. That doesn't mean that you can't just use Eckler on the field or just find ways to get him the ball. Use him as a receiver, and they did that, but it took five drives to do that. I, I just, I have no idea, man. They need to understand and understand quick that he is one of their best offensive weapons. To me, he's the most explosive player on offense. I don't think that's necessarily close. Um, But... Just because, like, I guess my original point is just because Gordon was having a really good game, that doesn't mean you can't get the ball to Eckler. Um, But we'll see, man. I I imagine there will be some more adjustments. When Keenan Allen went out, Eckler went into, like, the slot. That was cool to see, and I I hope that – hopefully that is a thing, using him as a receiver more. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Something else I wrote down is, okay, so coming into the game, there there was – the 49ers literally have two players that you have to worry about. Brita and Kittle. Like that, those are their only options that I feel like, if I feel like that, I imagine the Chargers are pretty confident that, you know, they don't have many weapons. So Brita Brita gets off to, they actually did a good job overall on Brita. Brita finished with three catches for 32 yards, even though one of those went for 20, and he had nine carries for 39 yards. So it was a good job of basically, limiting I would say limiting Brita overall but he did have a couple of those chunk plays what they did not do a good job of is on Kittle and they actually put Derwin on him which was a, a solid adjustment I was wondering how that would go with Kaiser out because usually Kaiser takes the tight end and Kaiser has done a really good job but with him being hurt today the adjustment instead of Jatavis was Derwin and that was fine but I mean, there was just uh, that long, long touchdown was a joke. I I, th- I, think I saw people blame it on Emmanuel, but that wasn't on Emmanuel, man. And I would be more than happy to show a video of that. It was a die, and a die looks unplayable, but we'll get there. They just didn't take away Kittle. And you're not going to double-team Kittle, but there just has to be whoever's guarding him, which was Derwin, and then somebody whether it is a die or Phillips or whoever whoever the other safety is just giving him extra attention and make somebody else beat you like make them throw the ball the ball to Casey Hayward like that's a good thing that's what you want didn't happen and they paid for it man he had he ended up having uh Kittle went six for 125 and obviously that 82 yarder played a big part in that but he caught six of his eight targets and it felt like Whenever they did throw in the ball, it was just going for whether it's a chunk play or a first down. So uh, defense still isn't taking away the other team's best player. And even when you have a backup quarterback and you want him to beat you, man, you just have to do that. And we didn't see that. So that that was a little bit concerning to me. A question here. Uh, Thanks, by the way. Uh, Gimme, can't pronounce your name. Sorry. Uh, good videos. Yeet says, does the team win if it was Garoppolo in instead? That's a good question, man. I actually have not was not impressed with Jimmy G. Um, just over the course of the the last three games, and honestly, I thought Beathard did a really good job of just like escaping sacks, just getting out of harm's way. And sure, there was a couple times where he held the ball too long, but I'm not. I'm not so sure that they do. I'm sure that the 49ers are a little bit more aggressive, but I don't. Th- I don't think so. I really don't think that they do. Jimmy G put the ball up in harm's way quite a bit, uh, just like Beathard did today as well. And there was a couple of them. I remember early in the game where it seemed like the ball went right off Perriman's face mask, where I thought he'd have an interception. But no, it, it really didn't seem the game plan or just how the 49ers play really didn't seem too different than what they would do with Jimmy G uh Bethard finished the game 23 for 37 298 yards uh he finished with two picks even though that Rochelle won I, I man I wonder if Rochelle doesn't catch that if it's ruled a sack fumble for Derwin that would have been fun but uh, the other interception obviously but I, th- I thought Bethard, um I didn't think Bethard played like terribly. I think for a backup QB, he played very well. Then again, chargers didn't have much of a pass rush. He, he had, he had pretty much all day back there. Um, other th- Oh, okay. Something else. I feel like it's, it was obvious last year that Des King was like the most consistent returner. And I, I spoke about that a little bit week one. And it was nice that he broke that long one. He, uh, It looked like it was funny just because it looked like he was running through water. It looked like he was running so slow on that return, but he shook the punter. Uh, Punter, they should have gotten – there should have been a tripping call. That was kind of BS. He he clearly reached his leg out. But Dez has the type of quickness that you want as a returner, man. He's he's pretty elusive. And I don't know. I like it a lot. It was cool. It was uh, was good to see. And hopefully – I mean, they. I like that they gave uh, Jones a ch- another chance even after fumbling, but he just he didn't do anything in the games, man. So it's time to move on, and they gave De- they put Des back there, and Des uh, Des broke one today, so that was good. That was good to see. Why or how does the defense look this bad? Well, I I don't know if you want to say it's because of Joey Bosa, but they rush for a lot, man, and. Um, it's it's pretty tough to stop Bosa and in Ingram at the same time. But what we're seeing is just no pressure at all. While Melvin's digressed back to Mr. Almost. Um he the same thing today. He he the one the one time where he like really, really beat his man, spun back inside, and uh he just he had that was when uh Beathard got hurt actually he he had him wrapped up in everything Bethor got out there and then Casey Hayward laid the big hit on him uh they're just not getting pressure they're, they're not being aggressive too one thing that I think that um one thing that I think that's pretty obvious is that when they do get pressure whether it's Ingram and Bosa or whoever else that the secondary is a lot more aggressive and I think that because the secondary isn't as aggressive um, or that the pressures not there the secondary is kind of playing more on their heels and and not with the same kind of confidence we saw last year and it's hurting them when it comes to turnovers so i think it's all playing hand in hand and it starts at the top with uh number 99 but i mean you can't just you can't rely on one player to make that much of an impact man it's tough uh 26 playing off in coverage all the time it looks like but i keep seeing him get beat yeah he he did he did a uh, he got beat a couple of times today, man. The touch—he got beat on the touchdown. Uh, one of the—I think was—I don't know if it was the first touchdown or not. On that play, though, and that's another play where I almost tweeted out a video of it. A die just got caught in no man's land. Uh, he was supposed to help Hayward to the inside. He doesn't help him, and here we are. But that's still no excuse for Hayward to get beat. Like both things can happen. Uh, Hayward didn't do anything, and he got beat. Uh, he says. Are the, cor- are the corners this mediocre without Bosa? They really might be, man. Um there's it's tough. They really, they're just not as just, I guess it goes back to what I was saying. They're just not very aggressive. And we're seeing we're seeing it trickle down basically all the way. Uh tells Joshua has maybe he's still hurt from camp. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Uh they they had that they had that other air, Bosa had that second injury on the same foot, which is crazy. Somebody asked me today, do you think that Bosa is faking and do you think that this is him being in control, much like he did with the contract situation? I think that's pretty shitty to accuse a player of doing. I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, You'd ask, what do we do about the kicking situation? Drop Sturgis and pick up another kicker? Stop kicking field goals and extra points? I don't know what the percentages are, but I would imagine – By now that the charges would probably be a lot more successful on two points or these fourth and threes or less fourth and fours or less and give them a chance to score a touchdown or, if anything, a more makeable field goal. Like when it was fourth and six and he elected to kick the 54 yarder, I thought it was a no brainer just because you're no man's land and you, you saw him miss in pregame. So. I would be more aggressive until proven otherwise that unless you unless they're just not very confident in their short yardage situations or uh, they'd feel like they don't have a good two point plays. But it just seems like, I mean, why why would you keep putting the ball in the kicker's hand? Why would you let the kicker decide the fate of of your team after you guys work so hard to get down there? So he's I, I think he's going. I touched about that. A little, I touched on that a little earlier. Um, there's just no reason to keep Sturgis around. Honestly, nothing is going to really um, change. Uh, the replay of him missing in pregame and them going for a long was fucking embarrassing. It was, man. It was a joke, and I did touch touch on that a little earlier too. Thoughts on Derwin's play so far and chances for defensive rookie of the year. So, Derwin Derwin's been pretty good. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. He just had the play that basically won them the game with when he came unblocked and hit the quarterback. He hit uh, he hit uh, Beathard earlier. I forgot what was a play where he hit him pretty hard. Uh, was it an interception where he hit him? What happened? Something happened where he hit him. But I mean he he's always in the he's always in the back the backfield when he blitzes. Man, he's a really good blitzer. He times really well. He's super fast and he closes. But it's more about that he's we're we're seeing today we saw some open field tackling we saw him get some depth in coverage and like look like a a football player and we we don't see other safeties on the team doing that chances are chances are pretty good for a defensive rookie of the year he's going to have to keep racking up sacks he's likely going to have to pick up some more you know flash plays like interceptions I also think it'll help if the Chargers keep winning. So uh, that'll be a big deal as well. But, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are making plays. Uh, um, Denzel Ward is making plays. Darius Leonard looks good for the Colts linebacker. Um, Who else am I missing? I'm I'm sure there's a a ton of other defensive rookies. Uh, As far as uh, the schedule without Bosa. So, one, if there are four games – that if there are four games that you want Bosa to miss, it would be today's game against a backup quarterback next week against the Raiders. And I say this as they have 42 points, they're just not very consistent. And obviously both you want Bosa to play any game, but the Raiders get rid of the ball so fast. Like everything is just screen three step throw deep, whatever that, you're you're okay with him missing that and also just because the offense should be able to have their way with the raiders defense and then you go titans and browns those are those are these are definitely the the next four games these are the games that you would want to miss or if you could pick you would want bosa to miss so you actually feel pretty good about that and i i know their schedule is supposedly easy but just as he works back in the second half They should hopefully they go on a little run and we see some good things going on here. What else did I have written down here? Oh, yeah. So the defense and just speaking of the defense in Bosa bend. It's not even like a bend, but don't break. It's a bend. But like if you look at a bowl, like cracks a little bit down the side, but doesn't break. They are. I don't know what's going on with them, man. They're just not making plays. I guess that's the best way to put it. They're in situations where they can make plays and it's just not happening this year. Let me see um, some of the team stats. I want to. So, so the 49ers were five of 12 on third down today. It really didn't feel like the team was that successful. What is that? Like 40, 40 some percent. They the 49ers average 6.2 yards of play in the, let's see what they were in the red zone. They're one for four in the red zone. So that's, that's crazy. It, it doesn't seem – those numbers don't seem like the Chargers played that well. But it helps, obviously, when you get that long touch, that long interception that they had from Casey Hayward – that, or not Casey Hayward, Trevor Williams. And then, obviously, the Rochelle interception. But still, it, it just felt like the 49ers had a lot more success than um, than those numbers indicate. The Titans look good. I don't I'm not sure if they look good, man. I, I know that they, they make plays, which does matter. They made plays today and uh, Mariota did look solid from what I saw today. I was watching red zone pretty much the second half. I missed the first half of the early games, but I wouldn't say that the, the Titans scare me. I'll definitely say that. Like I would I would want to face the Titans as opposed to one of these other AFC teams. Let me see what else did I write down here. Oh, running backs in the passing game. Uh, Eckler's first touchdown, him in the passing game, line up wide. Melvin Gordon down near the red zone or down into the goal line. They run a little route where he runs to the sideline and bends it back in. It's almost like a Gates pivot route type. That was nice to see. And then, of course, there's going to be check downs here and there, check downs all over the place. But I thought today was good that there are plays in the playbook where you have you have routes, you have your running backs, run actual routes and not just these these little check downs so that's good to see and hopefully that continues because still I mean on when I mean when I say this I mean from a consistent basis that just the threats on the perimeter aren't really there man we we saw Tyrell have that one deep catch where he basically caught it over some dude's helmet that was good but other than that not much from him. Mike Williams, one catch today. Keenan had seven catches, but it was for 63 yards. It still seems like the, the two. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain or I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. I will will say that Eckler and Gordon seem like two of the better threats on the team so it makes more sense to get them um just get them more involved in the passing game have them run routes and, and especially if the guys are going to miss like if Keenan goes out with a little stinger like he did uh feel free to use gordon eckler in, in his as a replacement do you think the play of denzel has been overrated lately i think he has been whiffing and run support and has never been strong in pasty so i do think that he's been inconsistent on pass defense for sure I th- I feel like he played well or he played better last game but I I do agree though there I think some players are living off their past and I think Casey Hayward is one of those I think it's okay to be like Casey Hayward is a very 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 good player in four games this year Casey Hayward does not play well like that is an, a fact I feel like that is okay to okay to say and yeah Denzel same way Denzel Perryman he missed – so he was definitely whiffing the first two games, I want to say. I don't really remember how he played last week just because the Rams were just doing whatever they wanted to. Um And I, I'm going to rewatch the game and check back in with you about how he did today. But I do, I do think he's just playing slower. Just, I don't know, man. I don't want to say it goes back to Bosa, but everybody's just taking a huge step back with Bosa and – when you isolate Perman and coverage just like over the middle, it's not great. And I think we saw more of Kaiser and Jatavis last week. I do remember that now. But he he's not he's not as aggressive in the run game unless it is like third and one where he can just come flying downhill. But usually when he has to go side to side, he's he's usually getting caught by linemen. And I don't really like that, man. But you no, know, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I think players, some of these guys are living off their past and just not being held accountable, whether it's by us or whether it's by the coaching staff. I would say that sticking to defense at this point, and I I mean this, mean this with the bottom of my heart, that Jalil Dai has become unplayable. I mentioned the first um, – I mentioned the first touchdown. I thought he got caught in no man's land. He's just – he fell for the play-action fake, and he basically – I don't want to say he hung Hayward out to dry just because Hayward was beat, but he was the help in the middle of the field, and he was – he had one job, and he had one job, and he had one threat, and he couldn't find that one threat. The plays that he can't make, I guarantee my high school free safety would have made that play and the same on Kittle with that long that long touchdown. I saw people dogging Emmanuel, but he ran to the middle of the field. And Adai is in the middle of the field. And Adai had nobody like if you watch the play, there was no other place for him to be but right on Kittle. He's nowhere where he needs to be and they paid for it, man. And he couldn't catch Kittle, which was bad in itself. So I would say Adai is as as unplayable as it gets you guys watched the game last week he he had to miss four or five tackles like he was just whiffing coming up out of control reckless it was it's so painful to watch him and what makes it worse is that they're not going to do anything about it like he's not going anywhere at least right now anyways Bosa uh, literally went to the dr anderson i don't think you go to one of the best doctors in the country unless you're actually injured right all <laughs> right yeah people uh I got that. I got asked that on the radio by it was NBC Sports, and they asked me, Do you think Bosa is faking his injury to be in charge? That's something else, man. Is it time to get worried about Lamp not seeing any playing time? What is going on with that, man? He must have like zero athleticism, or he must not be able to move, or he must be in practice getting dogged by Darius Phylon and Meebane and Justin Jones and whoever else they have because. I don't get it, man. The the line has been so bad that you would think there would be a change made. But when Okun got hurt today, they, and when Barksell got hurt, or when Tevi got hurt last week, or when Okun got hurt last week as well, they put in Scott and they're comfortable with that. So maybe they just don't view, maybe they don't view Lamp as a tackle. Maybe they, only view him as a right guard and not a left guard. So they want him to play right guard only. And because Schofield has been solid, like he really hasn't been bad at all. They're not going to put lamp in the game. So from, I have no idea what he looks like physically after his injury. Um, So he could very well have like no explosion or no movement skills or just lack of power, whatever it is. But, I'm wondering if that is a thing, like if it's because they they view Lamp as strictly a right guard only, which is such a flawed train of thought. Considering, I mean, as we know, just from Chargers fan, all the injuries that happened, that you would think that he would be, they would let him play. Um, they would just let him play both guard and tackle. So. I, I do think it is time to get worried just because he hasn't played. And I thought that he would get some run in the Bills game knowing that it would be a blowout. I, I thought they might have him active today thinking it would be a blowout. It wasn't, but just to get him some reps. But, yeah, they're not getting they're not even getting giving him any game reps in the f- first four games. That is pretty, pretty worrisome, I would say for sure. Next year, next draft, you rather have a free safety to let Derwin stay in the box or DT to finally get some interior pressure. I will take a defensive tackle every day of the week over a safety for sure. I actually think, and I know that this isn't gonna get a lot make a lot of sense based off what has happened this year, especially the big plays that they've given up. I think free safety, like that deep safety position, is one of the more overrated positions in in the sport. Just because you can only make so many plays from that position. And then naturally your mind's going to go to, what about Earl Thomas? Well, newsflash, not every team has an Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas comes around like once a decade. So I don't know. You just, you you just can't impact the game from that position. I think, yeah, they they have to do something about D tackle, man. They are getting no push. They're getting no stops and they just have, they just have bodies out there. They're not even, these bodies aren't even doing anything. So uh offseason D tackle has to be a top priority that's for sure a die is captain missed tackle yeah man he's a struggle he is a struggle what about o-line any update on okun i have not heard anything um i i am sure that something will come out in the press conference or unless i missed it i don't know if anybody else knows this but as of right now as of not even an hour after the game has been over. We do not know any updates on Okun. Hopefully he'll he'll be back, though. They, they definitely can't afford to miss him. The worst part is that we could have had Malik Hooker plus Derwin James instead of Mike Williams. Yeah, man, I mean, certainly you can do that with a lot of teams, but it seems like uh, Telesco didn't value that position, like that deep, deep position, but more of an in-box linebacker underneath guy that can do it all. And so I had like the draft board. They didn't have they had um, Jamal Adams over Malik Hooker. So that kind of backs and and, um, Jabril Peppers, which is crazy to think about. But that kind of tells you that maybe that gives us a little insight on what Telesco thinks about these deep, deep safeties. Can Perriman's poor performance be attributed to bad defensive tackle play? Yeah, I think so. For sure. I would say. There are there are plays where the center is just completely untouched and getting a free run at the linebackers, which I mean, that's not great. There's Perriman's in a position where he should be able to basically run clean on a lot of these plays or get into get into a one on one situation, and it's just not happening, man. He but I do I do think at the same time he he is a little bit more passive and. Maybe that changes when Legit comes back. Maybe Legit is going to be motivated more than ever. Maybe Legit is going to play like he played last year. So yeah, we never know. Uh, Benjamin is trash. He went out after being tackled. Man, I I swear he was on the field for like four plays and then we never saw him again. So yeah, Allen got hurt too. I do like Mike Williams, even though he even with a one catch today. Um, I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to get mad at Mike Williams. Just because whenever they seem to call his number, man, he makes plays. And can't ask for much more than that. So, yeah, we talked about Melvin Ingram just being the almost, almost sack guy. Uh, it was more of that today. He should have like – he probably should have four sacks this year if, if I just remember that right. Okay, end of the game. Or let's talk about some of the other coaching spots. So third down. That was third and five, I believe, third and four, third and five, about to score. call They call the screen to Gates. First of all, the announcer calls it scissors, which scissors is when you run down the field, one guy runs a post, one guy runs a corner route. They had it where Keenan is in the slot. He goes to pick Gates. Gates comes underneath his man and goes for a screen. So. The announcer was killing me today, man. He's, he was butchering so much stuff, but I don't know. That's usually a play call that you call on, like, the one-yard line, which they've actually had some success to both Keenan and Gates and whoever else, Tyrell. Uh, they, they actually got some cheap touchdowns last year off that play, so it's a pretty familiar play that they do. I think they, they ran it about five yards too far out. I don't think that Gates is the guy that you run that to either. So it just took him basically what happened was Gates was a little too slow, which makes sense. And he couldn't, I mean, the corner just jumped it. I don't know. I don't know how on third and six or whatever it was mm-hmm. third and a couple yards, yards, and a few yards, third and a handful of yards that, that is your play. If you want to throw the ball to Gates on third down, which is a great idea, let him run in the end zone and use his old man Speed to get open, old man body, whatever he does, to get open, leans on dudes. But yeah, the screen and expecting Keenan to get all the way out there—that's a tough call, man. Wasn't there a third and long draw play near the red zone? I don't know what that was. Was there a third and long draw play near the red zone? Sorry, I don't. I don't remember that. Um, I'm sure there was because there was a lot wrong with the coaching on both sides of the ball, including the decision making. But um, man. Uh, we've been waiting for Legion to play motivated for the, the past four years. Yeah, that's true, man. It's uh, That ship sailed on him. At first, I thought Legion would be better when they got Bosa just because they had two guys on the edge now. That didn't happen. And last year, we saw him fade, fade, fade. I'm loving Mike Williams this year, but I can't look at him without thinking of who the Chiefs and Texans picked that year. We are not going to talk about that. I do not want to get sad. I think it's – Pretty obvious. I thought it was obvious that, and I got into like so many arguments with this, so with a lot, just a lot of people online, that Patrick Mahomes was going to be very, very good. And and you can tell by the way that he was playing at Texas Tech that if he didn't play hero ball, his team was not going to win. And people were chalking it up to terrible decision making and this and that. Like, no, man. He's trying to win the game, and Andy Reid is coached that out of himself, uh, coached that out of Mahomes. And, I mean, there's some mechanic mechanic stuff that Mahomes has fixed, but he's a stud, man, and they look pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. That um, He says there there were so many picks that would have been better. But, I mean, at this point, uh, Williams on the team, and this year – you can argue that Williams has looked like the best receiver on the team. So tough to be too mad at him. So there was a screen to Gates. And then at the very end of the game, the punt on fourth and one, this, this will be the last thing we talk about. So the punt on fourth and one, uh, 29 to 27, I believe it was. And they have marched the ball. So they, they had been, the 49ers hadn't had much success on offense in, the second half. I mean, they had the big play. They had some big plays, but nothing real consistent. Uh oh, Lamar's about to take off. Oh, never mind. All right, back to what we are talking about. So, fourth and one, you are inside the 40 yard line, and I'm pretty sure it was fourth and one. Let me double check that. I'm pretty sure it was fourth and one. But you have the ball inside the 40 yard line. You can punt the ball and pin the 49ers deep, which, sure, uh, go for it. Even though they had what they had scored on four or five of their drives and th- turned the ball over down there once, did not agree with that at all. But okay, fourth and one. Let's see what we got here. I'm to find it. Fourth and one on the 37 yard line. And Kayser has a good point, pins him inside the 10, down by Eckler. Um, fourth and one inside the 37 or you can put the ball in the hands of your best player, your quarterback and get one yard. You trust. I trust the quarterback who is probably going to go to the hall of fame at some point to get one yard or to get you in a call that will get you one yard. That way there's no pressure on the defense to get a stop. And I know that they had to go 93 yards and I know that they could have pinned him on the one and it would have looked like a great call, but it's a it's a league where that is designed for the offense to get chunk yards. Even teams that have backup quarterbacks, like you saw today, can get chunk yards and move the ball. That's just going to happen. So if you just play the numbers game and play the judge, look at your offense. Have a feel for the game. See how your offense is doing. And, and the the Chargers had moved the ball pretty well. Oh, wow. Ravens touchdown. The Chargers had moved the ball pretty well. And it had been, been pretty easy, I thought. Um, sure they didn't convert down in the red zone sure they didn't you know here and there they had some bad play calls but moving the ball wasn't a problem and getting one yard wasn't going to be a problem I thought and I thought that they could have done a good job by icing the game right there and I just from a coaching standpoint I would feel so much better if I wasn't able to get one yard and they drove what 60 yards 63 yards from there as opposed to Me punting the ball and my defense, my defense gave up a 93 yard drive. Or What if you punt the ball there, which has happened plenty of times? He shanks it and they drive 80 yards instead of 93 yards or even worse. There's the variables that can happen there as opposed to you giving the ball to your best player where most of your best players on the team are on offense and getting the ball in their hands for one yard and you can drive the ball there. I don't know, man. There's just some, some shaky decisions. And I, and somebody told me that they did agree with um, They did agree with the call to go for it and put the hands of your defense didn't. But I, I mean, I guess I get where you're coming from where the train of thought is, lies there just backup quarterback, but he'd had so much success throughout the game and they'd been able to move the ball, whether it was these chunk plays to Kittle or, just dinking and dunking. Eventually I felt like they were going to get back to where the Charge were going to go for it anyways. And I actually think that they did before that. How close did they get before that interception? Okay, so Bethard, Bethard threw that interception, quote unquote interception when he was hit by James on the 31 yard line. And the Chargers punted the ball on the 37 yard line. So he was hit, he fumbled in it, Rochelle caught it, and that was an interception, but I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think it's pretty much a no brainer to me. They don't play the numbers game. They don't have an analytics department. Remember? <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they don't have a lot. Uh, we were talking about that. Some, uh, some of the guys were talking about that last week, late last week, just how the, if you like Google the chargers website and like all their coaching staff and you Google another team and see how many different coaches that they have Chargers really don't have a lot, which is pretty crazy. Like, we have a quality control coach on the high school team that I coach. The Chargers like don't have like that quality control guy that's going to do like analytics or something. It's pretty amazing, man. But good news is, gotta win. Who who's the player of the game today? Who would you uh, who would you say? Um, I I would imagine most people would say Derwin. I don't want to say Derwin because it feels like that's all I talk about is him. So I'll say Melvin Gordon because. He almost averaged seven yards a pop. Look good running the ball, even though, even if they were uh, some some of them were well designed. But he had some runs where he's I mean, he broke like four or five tackles. That's pretty. That's pretty nice. He also pitched in seven catches. So yeah, I'll go with Gordon. With um, obviously Derwin, we'll say Derwin's runner up. Rivers poor start, but he was cooking there for a little bit at the end. Um, for a little bit right after that first those first couple of drives, I think he went. 14 for 16 after that and really settled in. Uh, there was a stretch there in the third quarter where he tried to do a little too much, but uh he, he got back in. So that was nice, man. So good game. One. It was if anything, man, we always know it's gonna be entertaining. And today was entertaining. So had the Raiders on deck. If man, if they lose to the Raiders, people are gonna talk so much, so much shit to me. But can't be having that. Uh, they do have Sturgis, who kicked the game-winning field goal MVP. Which makes sense for me. You know what's going to happen now is that Sturgis made that kick, and they're going to justify that by kicking him, that he's clutch, and he's going to be the kicker for the, the rest of the year. That's all I got. Thanks for hanging around, boys. Chargers win. Can't can't, uh, can't be too mad at that, man, no matter who they play. Win's a win. Got to reel off a few in a row just to get a little head of steam here. They have the schedule to do it. There's no there's really no reason There's really no reason that uh the Chargers shouldn't win these next three games too, but we'll see, man. So uh go team. Go us. Thanks, guys.